And so I wanna talk to you tonight about the God who goes before. So if you have a Bible, will you open it up to Galatians chapter 1, 15, Psalm 139, 16, Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5, Isaiah 49 and 5, Ephesians 1 and 4, Romans 8, 29, Ephesians 2 and 10. Did you get all that? All right, you don't have to. I'm gonna just read them for you. So what the Bible says, Galatians 1 and 15, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. We could read all of Psalm 139, but I'm just gonna take out one verse. 139 and 16, it says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5 says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Isaiah 49 and five, and now the Lord says, he who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. Ephesians 1 and 4, you, can, I keep, can I keep going? Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Romans 8 and 29 says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Ephesians 2 and 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared when? Beforehand that we should walk in them. These scriptures prove to me that God is involved not just, he's not a God, just a God that goes before me in the sense that he's out in front of me, but he is a God who goes before me and he is before me. <laughs> so that means that my purpose was designed before I was. God didn't create you and then kind of like, what am I gonna do with this one? No, God has a purpose before a person is formed in the womb. He has a purpose. And because of that, you can have confidence in where you are right now in this moment. Because if he foreknew you, then he also did predestine you to be conformed into the image. The steps of a good man, a righteous man, are ordered by the Lord. You're like, but I'm not righteous. Have you believed in Jesus? Then you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you put your faith in Christ, guess what? You have ordered steps. Amen. So I want to talk to you tonight about what these verses teach us about the God who goes before us. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this incredible opportunity to be here. I'm asking you, God, that you would speak a word in season for us. Pray for Jabin right now that he would find a flight and get home tonight to his family. Uh, don't let him stay stuck in Atlanta. and Get him home to Las Vegas. But God, in this room, we, we need you. Some of us are in this room, and our declaration would be we probably need you more than we have ever needed you before. So I don't know who that person is. I don't know who the person is that's so desperate that they came into place tonight. And unless you speak to them, they're going to take their life and... Unless you speak to them, they're gonna give up. And unless you meet them here, they're gonna end their marriage. Unless you do something supernatural in them, they're gonna walk away from their family. God, 
somebody in this room tonight is at a crossroads. They're, they're between life and death and they have to make a choice. And we pray tonight that whatever is said would bring clarity to their situation. You're not the author of confusion. But you're a God of peace. So I'm praying for clarity in their life right now in Jesus' name. I'm asking for uncommon clarity, for supernatural clarity, not, not, just, uh, not just education on their situation, but revelation on their situation, supernatural insight to where they are right now so that they would see the way out and through. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. So if God is the God who goes before me, not just in the fact that he goes in front of me, but he uh, is before me. And the Bible teaches me very clearly, it's a theme throughout scripture, that before I was formed in the womb of my mother, he knew me, he ordained me, he has a purpose and a plan for me. And that's fancy to say, isn't it? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts I have for you, declares the Lord. They're good, they're not evil. They're to give you future and a hope. And you're like, but I'm in an evil situation right now. So if his plans for me are good, then why am I experiencing bad? Here's, here's the key you have to understand. If it's not good, he's not done. So you're like, yeah, it's bad right now. Okay, that means he's not done. I wonder if there's anybody in the room tonight who could just give God a praise that he's not finished with you yet. He's not finished. So if his plan for me is good and it's not good, then that means he's not done. And so what I need to understand about a God who goes before me, who is before me, is, is, is this first thought tonight. I want to share this with you, and I'm going to offend you right out of the gate because I need you to go somewhere with me tonight. But I need you to understand this. I, I, if God goes before me and he is before me, that means I should stop complaining about what is and start praising God for what never was. I think a lot of times in our life, we, we get to this place with God where we're following the Lord and, and uh, we, get, we get frustrated because we don't understand why he's doing what he's doing in our lives. And we, we had a plan, right? You had a plan, right? Like you had this idea in your head of what your life was going to look like. And in your idea of what your life was going to look like, it didn't include the divorce. It, it didn't include the moral failure. It didn't include addiction. It didn't include rehab. It didn't include that job loss. It didn't include those people walking out on you. It didn't include your family betraying you. It didn't include that person stealing from you. It didn't include your business failing. It didn't include your parents getting sick and dying early. It didn't include that tragedy. That ha It didn't include that. And in your mind, you had this preconceived idea, notion about what your life would look like. And guess what? We all did. We all did. We all had a plan in our mind because the Bible teaches us that many are the plans of man, but it's the Lord's will that will prevail. So in other words, the word prevail there is, is there for a reason because it's one of those things we need to understand that God will fight you on this. And you need to understand you will lose to God every single time when it comes to his will for your life. If he chooses you, you are in trouble. 
That's why the Bible says if I go to the highest of heights, he is there. If I make my bed in hell, he is there. Why? Because when he picks you, you are in trouble. And sometimes him picking you can feel like he's picking on you. Don't be offended at your favor. He picked you. So, 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 yeah, you had a plan. Yeah, you had an idea, and he blew it up, didn't he? He messed it up, didn't he? Didn't turn out the way you thought it would, and that's why we say stuff like, man, I thought by this time I would be, I thought by the time I was 30 I'd have, I thought by the time I was 40, you know, I'm 30 years old and I'm not married yet. I'm, I thought by this time I would have this job and I thought I'd be making this kind of money and I thought I'd be living on this street and I thought my life would look like this and I thought this. And God blew up your plan and now you're frustrated because you don't understand what God is doing. <laughs> but here's the problem. You have been, if you read the verses before, here's the thing you have to catch a hold of. You have been set apart. Do you know what that means? It means you have been consecrated. That means that you were marked. Before you ever gave your life to him, he marked you. Before you ever chose him, he chose you. And what you have to understand about that is that when he chooses you, the rest of your life is probably going to look different than the way you thought it was going to look because you now belong to him. And when you belong to him, he gets to use you however he wants to use you. And he gets to take you through whatever he wants to take you through. And it's not going to make a whole lot of sense to you, but you got to make up in your mind that when I'm going through something, I don't understand. It just means that I'm set apart. It means that he has chosen me and he has taken me out of the crowd. Everybody's going this way. It's easy for everybody else, but it's not easy for you. It was easy for them to get a job, but it's not been easy for you to get a job. It was easy for them to get married, but it wasn't easy for you to get married. It was easy for their marriage to make it, but yours didn't make it. I just want you to know when you've been chosen by God, it means you've been set apart. He comes in and he picks you out of the crowd and he puts you he consecrates you. He sets you apart. And I don't like being set apart because it makes me feel like I'm alone. It makes me feel like I'm isolated. I don't want to be over here. I want to be over there where the party's happening. I want to be over there where, it's, where everybody's doing the same thing. I want to be over here where, where everybody's going the same way, where there's no resistance, where everybody's jumping at the same beat, but I'm over here and I feel like I'm offbeat. I feel like I'm a square peg trying to fit in a circle and I don't understand why my life looks the way it looks and I did all of the things that would make me fit in, but I still don't fit in and you can do all of the stuff. You can spend the first 30 years of your life trying to fit in and you won't. Why? Because you have been set apart. You are different. You are unique. You are, that's why the Bible says you are a peculiar people. He made you weird. Who God made you to be. You are weird. You are a misfit. That's why every time you try to fit here, you don't fit because you are a misfit. You weren't fashioned like they were. You weren't made like they were. You don't fit like they do. Why? Because you weren't designed to fit there. You are set apart. 
And you need to go ahead and fully embrace the fact that you are set apart because what you've been crying over, what you've been whining about, what you've been complaining about is what is. And God is saying, how about you go ahead and praise me for what never was? You think it's bad now? You should look at what I saved you from. You think your life is a mess now? You should look at what I saved you from. You think your life is crazy now? You should look at what I rescued you from. You think it's bad now? I feel like I'm in a room with some people tonight who want to just take a moment and praise God for what never was. I'm not going to sit here and complain about what is. I'm going to praise God because before I was, he was. So I'm thankful for what never was. And even though I don't know it, it was worse than what's going on now. And you're like, oh, they're keeping me out. Oh, they're, they're leaving me out. No, he is. Oh, they, they won't let me in that group. Oh, they, you ever tried to get in a Facebook group and you couldn't get in the Facebook group? Oh, they're keeping me out. No, God is. You are trying to get entangled in a lot of stuff and God is saving your life. You wanted to get that business deal done and God said no and you thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to you. If you really saw what would have happened as a result, God said no, that's the best thing that ever happened to you. Oh God, I wish you would have worked that marriage out. God said no, don't cry over what I took out of your life. Go ahead and rejoice because of what never was. That would have been 10 more years of hell. I saved you. I, I need somebody to understand that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I am where I am by the grace of God. So watch this. That means that whatever he doesn't keep me from, he will walk me through. Because the grace of God can, can hide you, but the grace of God can also walk you through. See, this is what I need you to understand. If it could have destroyed you, he wouldn't have walked you through it. Grace only hides you from the thing that will kill you. <laughs> if, if God was good, then why would he let this happen to me? Because God knows what will take you out and what you can walk through. <sighs> I, this is where confidence comes from. This is where you start to defeat anxiety. This is where you start to defeat the fear of your future because when you know who holds the future, you don't have to be afraid of the future. When you know who went before you and who is before you, I don't have to worry about who's in front of me because I know who's in front. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by... So I need, you to, I need you to hear that tonight because a lot of you are like, I can't believe God, if God is good, then why would he let me go through this? If God is good, then why is my situation good? You have to understand, grace will hide you from what would destroy you, but grace will carry you through from what won't. And, 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 and that's why Psalm 23 is so powerful. It says, yea, though I walk through. It doesn't say, yea, though I fly over. Man, look at that. Wow, that is bad down there. God said, no, we're going right through it. And most of the way, I'm going to have to drag you through it with my 
staff and my rod. It's, uh, it's going to comfort you. But sometimes it's also going to drag you with that hook. Uh, so whatever he doesn't keep you from, he will walk you through. And, and you, you, need to, you need to believe that because what that, what that proves is that the grace of God in you is stronger than you think. No, see, no one gets to be who they're called to be without a fight. This is going to be a bloodbath. You need to understand that this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be like, man, oh, look at all these just open doors and flowers and, and beautiful Bethel music just playing in the background all of your life. And you're just like, oh, man, look at those non-Christians struggle. I'm glad I have Jesus. I have no problems when I met Jesus. No, if anything, when you met Jesus, your problems actually increased. Why? Because you don't become who God has called you to be without a fight. You got to get ready for the fight. That's why the apostle said, I fought the good fight of faith. If faith was easy, it wouldn't be a fight. But faith is not easy. It's not easy to hang on when everybody walks away from you. It's not easy to keep going up to a door that won't open. It's not easy to get a bad doctor's report. It's not easy for your marriage to fall apart. But here's the thing. When they go through it, they go through it without the power of God in their life. When you go through it, you go through a grace that doesn't just watch you struggle, but it gets down in the middle of the struggle with you and carries you all the way through. You got through that. You get through this. You survive that, you will survive this. Because his grace will carry you through what he doesn't cover you from. Yeah, you, these are things you have to believe about the God you serve. Or you will get so, I just promise you, you will get so frustrated serving God. Because you'll think that you're a victim of your circumstances. You'll think you'll sit here and you'll be like, well, what if, if that didn't work out? And what if it did? And, you know, what, what if I would have got that job? And what if I would have married this person, but I married that person? And what if I would have made that decision? What if I would have gone to that college instead of this college? As if God is up, as if God is like panicking, freaking out over your life. You have to understand that before you were born, he knew every single detail about your life. He wasn't confused when you got divorced. He understood it. He wasn't thrown off guard when you got that bad report. He knew it was coming. He wasn't shaken when you were shaken. He saw it before you saw it. See, that's one thing you have to understand about God. When you read Revelation 13 and 8, it says that he was slain. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I need you to understand that because what if when you understand that, you'll understand that every problem that arises in your life, God has already prepared a solution. So the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So the lamb was slain before Adam and Eve did what they did and before you did what you did because God wanted you to know I've already made provision. Can God forgive me of that? Yeah, he already has. Stop asking dumb questions. Stop wasting your prayer life with stuff like, God, if you could ever forgive me. And he's looking at you saying, I already did. I'm the lamb that was slain before the foundation. While you were still a sinner, I was laying my life down for you. I don't need you to ask me if I will forgive you. I already have. I don't need you to say, will you be with Are you with me? I promised you. I would never leave you nor forsake you. I'm right here in the middle of it with you. Stop wasting your breath on just, just 
Just prayers that don't help. Are you with me? Will you forgive me? Do you have a plan for me? Oh, man. Well, what if I do something so bad and, and God, like, and he, it's, he, he wasn't really prepared for that one. I'm like, no. He knew. And he made a way for that one. Oh, you don't know how bad my failure was. Oh, man. Have you read the Old Testament? <laughs> the Old Testament isn't there to just put people on blast. The Old Testament is there so you can look at that and say, my God, if he could save David and use David, then Lord, if you can use him, you can use me. It's there for you to look at and say, man, I'm encouraged today. I, I, know, I know my life is a mess, but my God, look at David. He had, his kids were sleeping with each other. Like, it was weird. Like, that was... That was weird stuff. And if he could survive that and be a man after God's own heart, then I can get through this difficulty going on in my life right now. Devil is a liar. Absolutely. I will not fall in this. I will not quit because of this. He goes before me. And he is before me. <laughs> You're stronger than you think. Robbie, how do you know? You're in church tonight. Do you know how strong of a decision you made tonight? Going to church is not an emotional decision. You, you didn't make the decision because you got emotional. No, if anything, your emotions told you to go home or to not even show up. Have you ever been coming to church and saw the line at the stoplight and thought, I just must not need to be there today. Like, I'm gonna go Facebook Live this mug today. Like, I don't need this in my life. That's your emotions. But when you just sit there in your car and you turn on some more Ron Cannoli, some of y'all don't know who Ron Cannoli is, but you just sit there in your car and you turn, <laughs> you turn on some more Hezekiah Walker. Does anybody know who Hezekiah, some William McDowell? Okay, all right. <laughs> the, the white people are like, help me out. Like some, some Don Moen, okay, some, some Kenny G. I don't know. I don't know many white gospel singers. Their music's not good enough for me to listen to. <laughs> Just messing with y'all. <laughs> but you, you sat in your car and you said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. And your kids are acting stupid in the back. And you're like, oh, Lord, I'm gonna get them to childcare and I'm gonna forget them in childcare today. I might just go home. And not remember to pick them up. Maybe they'll just keep them through all three services. <laughs> and you get, and then you pull in the parking lot, and then you drive, you drive around, and you're looking around, and you're like, uh, 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 and they're directing you over the hill. And you didn't even get to park in the first overflow or the second overflow. You had to go to the gravel. And then you got out of your car. <laughs> And you looked at that hill, and nobody was bringing the little cart around to pick you up. 
And you're like, I got my baby in the carriage and everything. I forgot the stroller. I can't even. And now you're carrying that baby all the way up the hill and your other ones are dragging at you and pulling at you. And mama, what are we doing? Let's go home. I'm hungry. I got to pee. And you're like, what am I doing here today? And then you walk up and somebody says, hi, blessed and highly favored saint of the most high God. How are you today? And you're like, I'm fine. <laughs> and you want to jump off <laughs> of the first overflow into the second overflow. But you find your way in and you get your kids checked in and but one of them didn't want to check in. They wanted to hang on to you. But you get in here and the presence of the Lord starts to flow and you start to throw up a hand and, and you start to worship. You know what you made? You didn't make an emotional decision. You made a praise decision. A praise decision is not an emotional decision. It's a decision that even though I know I'm going through something, I expect God to do something about what I'm going through. See, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, there is, a, there is emotion connected to praise, but praise is not just emotional. It is a decision that I put my confidence in a God who I believe is going to move in my situation. So I didn't come here to play games with you tonight. I didn't come in here to tickle your fancy. I didn't come in here to entertain you. I came in here because I made a praise decision to come in here tonight. I got to get God's activity moving in my life. I made a praise decision. <laughs> why? Because I expect God to move. That's why I praise. I don't, I don't praise because of what happened. No, I get emotional because of what happened. I praise because I made a decision that no matter what has happened, I expect God to do something about it. Why? Why, why do you have that expectation? Why? Because he goes before me and he is before me. And this is, this is the thing you have to do with God. You have to always suspect that God is up to something in your life. You have to always be like, I'm suspicious of God. Like, like I, I know God is doing something for me. I know y'all don't see it right now. Some of y'all need to go ahead. If you ain't got anybody that you're connected to and you're like really have a desire in your heart to get married, you need to have a suspicion that God is up to something right now. Yeah. God is up to something. And you need to be looking out for God to move. Like, who could potentially be the one that God is moving on? You don't want to just sit in your house to wait for God to bring you the one. That's the dumbest thing ever. That's fairy tale stuff. You need to get out and do some work. Take somebody out on a date. Ask somebody out. Hey, they're ugly, but they might have some money. Hey, they're ugly, but they might take you to Starbucks and pay for it. Hey, hey, they're kind of average, but you know what? They probably will never cheat on you because they won't have any other options. You'll be the best option for the rest of you. Why? Why? Why do I do that? Because I have a healthy expectation that God is going to do something. Why, when the offering bucket comes by, do you put something in it? Because I have a healthy expectation that God is going to do something with that. I didn't just throw my money in a bucket. That's actually dirt that's passing by my way. And I got seed in my hand. And when dirt passes by, I'm going to put a seed in the ground because I expect a return. Come on, man. I've got to have a healthy 
a suspicion that God is up to something in my life. And, and y'all might see me now, but you don't know what God is working out for me right now. See, see, that's why some of you, you need to go ahead and get bold about who you know God has called you to be and stop acting like who you are. Some people say it like this. You need to dress for the job you want. You need to have an expectation that somebody's going to call me and somebody's going to ask me to do the thing that I've always been dreaming I'm going to do. Why? Because God put that in my heart. And if God put that in my heart, he who goes before me and he who is before me has already worked it out for me. So I'm just getting ready to walk into whatever he has for me. I have an expectation tonight that God is going to move in my, so if I'm in financial trouble right now. Hey, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never seen it forsaken or what? His seed begging for bread. I have a healthy expectation that God is going to feed me and my family. I have a healthy expectation that he's going to give, he's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not going to sit here and whine about it. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. Why? Because I have an expectation that God is going to do something in my life. If you will give God your attention, he can exceed your expectation. And watch this. He's not just going to do what you expect him to do. Ephesians 3 and 20 says he does exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ever ask or imagine. Somebody needs to give God some praise tonight that he's going to exceed your expectation. I ain't playing around on Wednesday night. I just expect him to do something. I need the worship team to come back up here and y'all can stay on your feet. Whew. Stronger than I thought I was in him. I'm more than I thought I was. Why? Because your emotions told you to take your life, but look at you, you're here right now. Take that, devil. I'm alive. I'm alive. Your emotions have told you to do a lot of things, and you keep making praise decisions. You keep making praise decisions. Look at you. You're doing better than you think you are. By the doctor's analysis and by your family's analysis, you should already be dead, but you're not. You're here. It should already be over for you, but you're, you're here. And you might not look like everything you want to look like, but you are still alive. There is air coming in and out of your body. Come on, and while there is breath in your body, you better go ahead and just make a praise decision. I choose to praise God. I believe that God has something for me, so I'm not going to die before I see what God has for me. Hmm. More than what I thought he was. And, and, and here's what we do, though. We spend so much of our life gathering evidence against us. We gather evidence against ourselves. God comes to Moses. He says, hey, I want to use you. Uh, man, I, I don't even know who I am. And I got a speech problem. Probably didn't mean me. No, I, I know you by name. I know who I called. I didn't get the wrong Moses. I'm not at the wrong address. Gideon, hey, mighty man of war. Uh, what you talking about? Me, I, I'm, my tribe is the least, and I'm the least in my tribe. Here's what the enemy's going to want you to do tonight. He's going to want you to start to compounding, adding to the evidence that you have gathered already that disqualifies you from being who God has called you to be. 
You're just gonna keep gathering evidence. And every time God calls you, you're gonna pull out a file that says, <laughs> uh, you must not have seen 1997. Let me get that out of, <laughs> let me pull that out of here. Uh, this is, <laughs> God's like, oh my, put that, put that away. <laughs> it's not. No, he, he knew and he still called. I love that Paul said it because Paul spent most of his life as an enemy of God. He spent a lot of his life putting followers of Jesus to death. And it's Paul that says, not someone that served God from an infant age. Well, he did serve God, but he had created a God in his mind and his religion that wasn't the true God of Israel. He's serving a false God, false idea about God. And Jesus says, you're on the wrong team. And it's this guy, not a kid who was like four years old speaking in tongues, falling on the floor in church. This guy who had put Christians to death, he's the one who says, hey, before I was born, God called me. Hold up, what, you? Oh yeah, me. It's never too late to answer the call. It's never too late to say yeah. But here, stop drowning out that call. Because when you drown out that call, you start to become who people tell you to be. You have to keep your ear, because everybody in this room, I guarantee you, everybody in this room at some point in their life, you've had this feeling that you are more. I guarantee at some point in your life, you've looked at your situation and said, I'm, I'm more than this. And you said it, you just got back into the routine and you kept drowning out that voice that kept saying, you're more, you're more, you're more, you're more. No, I'm just gonna go back over here. I'm gonna do that. I, I can't, it's, it's too painful. It's, it's, it's too painful because if, if I believe I'm more than everybody that doesn't believe I'm more will tell me I'm not more. But I refuse to let people who didn't create me define me. You didn't speak me into existence. You don't get to speak me out of existence. I'm gonna be the best version of who God called me to be. The Bible says that he has put eternity into all of our hearts. No wonder we long for more. We were made for eternity. And God's saying tonight, I don't want you to stop drowning out the voice that you hear that's saying you're more than this. Why, why is that important? Because watch this. When God formed you, because he made your purpose before he made you, he formed you with your purpose in mind. So think about, as he's making you, he's saying, five, eight will be about right. That ethnicity, that'll be just perfect. Oh, this background, I know he's not gonna understand it and he's gonna feel like he's been abandoned, but it's just, it's the right environment for him. And, and, and I'm gonna put him right there in Johnson City 
Tennessee. Right there. You aren't the idea of your mom and dad. You're the idea of heaven. Before I formed you in the womb of your mother, I knew you. I had a relationship with you. That's why when you hear me call you, that's why you respond. Because before I put you in the womb, I was talking to you. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means while God is making us, he's talking to us. And then at some point in your life, I don't know when it's gonna happen. I don't know when it happened for you, but he's gonna come call you. Maybe he called you when you were little and you responded. Maybe he called you, but you didn't hear it. You didn't respond. Maybe, maybe he didn't call you until you were 45 years old and he said, hey, and then you respond and you're like, why did I, why did I had heard about church my whole life? I had been in church my whole life, but I never heard anything like that before. Why? Because he said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. No wonder you responded when he called you because you know his voice. He was talking to you in your mama's womb. You're my favorite. I've made billions and billions of y'all but I like you the best. I'm gonna be with you every day of your life. That's why when you come, when you finally find a church home, it's, it's not just the church that I go to, you say stuff like this, I feel like I'm home. Why? Because when you, you were lost and you are now found, the only reason you're lost is because you belong to somebody. I'm lost. I feel lost. Yeah, you should feel that way because you belong to somebody. Lost is the human condition. Lost is the natural human condition. You're not weird because you feel lost. You're not weird because you feel like you're alone. You are lost and you feel that way because you actually belong somewhere and with someone. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may also be. I didn't just make a space for you here. I made a space for you there. That's why there's something longing inside of you that there is more, there is more, there is more. And you'll never feel the full experience of it until you see him face to face and are in his glory. I just want you to know, never quit believing that God is up to something in your life. He is always going before you. He is always out in front of you. He is always moving in your life. You gotta believe that somebody in the room if you believe it give God some praise tonight come on bless the Lord who goes before you oh that's why listen you can spend the rest of your life trying to satisfy your life with stuff and in relationships and with somebody else and the reason you are so hungry and even though you're married and you're still hungry and you thought getting married would fix that hunger. You thought getting married would satisfy you. You thought getting the job you wanted would satisfy you. You thought having a certain amount of money would satisfy you and you found out that none of that stuff satisfied you because what? You were not made for them, you were made for him. And nothing fills you, nothing satisfies you like being with him. That's why the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You've been trying a lot of stuff. How about you throw your hands up in the air tonight and go ahead and take a taste of heaven. Say, God, I need you in my life. God, I want you in my life. God, I'm pleading, I'm begging, I'm asking, will you do for me what I cannot do for myself? Will you move? I have an expectation that you are good. I have a sneaky suspicion that you are good and that you are working all things together for me. 
because I'm loved by you and I'm called according to your purpose. So even though it doesn't look like I'm doing well, I'm actually doing better than I think I am. Why? Because I'm in the hands of the Almighty God. Come on, I just want to open up this altar tonight for anyone who would say, I want to put my confidence in the God who goes before me and is before me. I want to walk up to this altar tonight, and I'm in the middle of some very difficult things, but I want to walk up to this altar tonight as a declaration. Hey, God, I believe you are up to something good in my life. Come on, make your way up to this altar. Hey, God, I believe you are up to something good. God, I got a suspicion that you are working things for my good. I got a suspicion that you are moving in my life. I got a suspicion that you have not left me here. I got a suspicion that this is not the best my life will ever be. I got a suspicion that the best is yet to come. I got a sneaky suspicion, God, that you are doing something behind the scenes that I cannot do on my own. God, I got this suspicion that you have saved me from something, and I'm sitting here complaining sometimes over what is, but God, I got a suspicion that you have saved me from some things that I would regret, that I would hate, that would have destroyed me, but your grace has not only hid me, your grace is causing me to walk through in the name of Jesus. Come on, some of y'all need to get up here. You haven't been to an altar in a long time and you're back there with your stone heart and you need God to break through in your life tonight. Come on, you're angry, you're upset. You need to make a praise decision and you need to get down here in this altar and get on your knees before God and surrender your life to the Lord. God, I'm, I'm not gonna complain because of what is. I'm gonna get up there and I'm gonna thank you for what never was. I'm going to start to trust you with my life again. I'm going to put my confidence in you again. I'm going to stop believing the lies of the enemy. I'm going to stop letting people who've tried to define me and label me do that to me because I am who you say I am. I am not who they say I am. I am who you say I am in the name of Jesus. Come on, let the Holy Spirit just minister to your life right now. Come on, just let him in right now. Come on, let those tears flow. Don't get embarrassed by the emotion you feel. Come on, don't get embarrassed by the, the pain that's breaking in your life right now. Don't get embarrassed because you want to weep before the Lord. Go ahead and let the tears flow. Go ahead and let the words flow. Come on, if you're angry, go ahead and talk to him tonight. Say, God, I'm angry. I need you to help me see what I don't see. I need you to help me get through that. I need to understand. I need you to break through in my life so that I can see what you see. I can see what you see. I feel surrounded, but I want to know tonight that I'm surrounded by you. I want to stand up in this place and I want to see something different in my life. I want to feel something shifting in the atmosphere in my life. I want to know that heaven is on my side. God, I want you to move in my life. I want to feel your presence tonight. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to feel it for myself. I want to know you. I want to know you. Come on, I need altar workers. I need prayer teams. I need pastors and elders. I need you praying for people. Come on, even if you just put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Come on, be that messenger from heaven tonight. Be that avenue of strength and peace and comfort from heaven. Let God use you as a point of contact. Come on, in this church, we believe in the laying on of hands. Come on, the Bible teaches us when you lay hands on someone, spiritual gifts can be imparted. Things can transform in their life. Come on, be that point of contact. Pastors, elders, deacons, prayer team. In the name of Jesus. No more. This is the last night. This is the last night. 
in the name of Jesus. I declare supernatural rest. I declare that as a sign to you, you're gonna go home and you're gonna lay your head on your pillow and you're gonna sleep the best sleep you've ever slept in the name of Jesus. Rest in Jesus' name. Rest is the portion, come on, of the follower of Jesus. It's, it's your right to rest. It's your right to lay your head on your pillow and go to sleep at night. It is your right. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, we're breaking through tonight in the name of Jesus. We're not leaving here the same in the name of Jesus. Come on, sing it out. Hey, this is how I fight my battles. Come on, play it. It may look like I'm surrounded. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Jesus. Jesus. Deuteronomy 31 and 8 says, The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you, He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Isaiah 52 and 12 says, the Lord will go before you and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. He goes before you and he is before you. This is why God can come to you in the middle of a situation that by all reason and any reasonable person would be afraid. But he looks at you and he says, do not be afraid. That seems almost callous in a sense. Because, because when, you, when you say do not be afraid, does that mean you're gonna change things now? Are you telling me you're invading, you're gonna fix this now because you're telling me not to be afraid? It might not be now, but the reason God says do not be afraid to you in the middle of a situation that you have all reason to be afraid is because God can speak in the past tense about what you are presently going through. Why? Because he goes before you. See, God has the ability to talk about your present situation in past tense. And, and our frustration with God is sometimes God answers us from the future. We're like, where are you? And he's like, do not be afraid. What are you doing? Do not be afraid. I'd like for some answers. Do not be afraid. And 
this is, this is why you need to go ahead and rejoice with the do not be afraid because what that means is that your victory is already secure. You're, pray, you're praying, God, take me out of this. And God is talking to you like he already sees you out. I want you to understand tonight, even if you leave this place and you don't feel like, oh man, everything changed, the darkness went away and the light is shining in my life. For some of you, that's gonna happen. But for some of you, you're gonna leave and you're gonna be like, man, I felt good and I felt that emotion and I felt something, but my situation hasn't changed. I want you to know that the reason God is saying to you tonight, don't be afraid, even though darkness still surrounds you, is because he has already secured the victory for you. So he can tell you don't be afraid because he knows where you're going. He knows what's in front of you. And he's like, listen, I've already been there. There's no reason for you to be afraid right now because whatever's making you afraid, I've already defeated. Come on, I believe this about God tonight. And this is how I fight my battles. I make a praise decision. <laughs> Come on, has anybody in the room made a praise decision tonight? I'm gonna put my confidence and my hope, my expectation, in the God of my salvation, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that every person in this room, I just pray that they got what you needed to deliver the, to them tonight. And where I fall short, you never fall short. Where my words would fall and hit the ground, yours never fall and hit the ground. Your word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish the thing that you sent it to do. Let your people even leave this place with an expectation that the word I heard tonight isn't just for tonight. Something's gonna come alive in me on Wednesday that I needed. Something's gonna come to my remembrance on Thursday that I needed. Something's gonna, something's gonna pop in my head in the middle of the day on Friday. Something's gonna sneak into my mind on Saturday. And God, you are gonna keep reminding me and this word is gonna go deeper into my life. And the harvest that will be seen because of the word that has been planted in my life will reap for the rest of my life life in the name of Jesus. Come on in the church, shout it, amen.